previously on Board Gaming's Next Top Model. Hard Night from Sparkle Kitty Nights. Oh, she's awesome and amazing. She is a 10 for sure. She is modeling H2T. She's too ching. <laughs> she looks like she has great body proportions and she'd look good in anything, right? Mm-hmm. Also from Sparkle Kitty Nights, we have Night Rider. Oh, she's a 10. She's the best one. Sarah, guys. Sarah, what? are you just like judging based on who you find attractive? I thought that was what we were supposed to do. Olga from Scythe. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. She's got tiger. Even if you cut out the tiger, she's still working it. She's modeling the boots. She's modeling the jacket. And if the gun is what's being modeled, she's also modeling that. Obviously, Olga can stomp the catwalk. She looks like she's walking down a runway already, and she has a cat. <laughs> the Barbarian from Dice Throne. I could feel, like, an emotion from him. Usually, looking off like that is considered a, a amateur model pose, but I really feel his emotion. He looks pensive. Very, he's a very pretty barbarian. Go back and look at him. Yeah, he's, but, like, he's, he's got pretty. a beard. Isn't that going to be a problem for yeah. girls? <laughs> Today on Not Playing to Win, it's the finale of Board Gaming's Next Top Model. Our final four contestants all think they have what it takes, but only one can truly be on top. Before we can name a winner, we're taking a look at each contestant and where they came from. That is, we're talking about their games! Yay! Wow! My name is Kate, and with me is Sarah. Hi! And Arizona. Hi! <laughs> We're extra professional today. <laughs> it's because we didn't bring Emily this time. We can't be professional at all without Emily. It's not possible. No. How did we make ten other episodes without her? So how about those top models, eh? A, I like them. I am still sad about some of the models who didn't make the cut. But... Our top four is a, is pretty solid. There, it's a good top four. Yeah. One of them, I will admit, I'm personally surprised made it to the top four. Whoa. But I'm also a little sad about everyone that we had to say goodbye to throughout the course <laughs> to make it to the top four. Yeah, we had to make some tough cuts. Yeah, I wish we had the you know the comeback episode where one person got social media <laughs> score and they could come back <laughs> if they voted high enough. <laughs> Because <laughs> it would have been ladies night. Didn't they probably. almost always get eliminated again, like, right after they came back? <laughs> yeah, it was usually that, yeah. like, same I episode. mean, there was a reason that they got eliminated in the first place, but, like, you know, yeah. it's like, it's it's legit that we eliminated ladies night because you can't see his face, yeah. so... Well, yeah, he got eliminated because we thought he wouldn't do well in the go and then he would have just come back for the CoverGirl commercial and still had his fucking helmet on. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They, they probably could have. Do you think they would have just like put like some makeup on the helmet, like drawn on some little? Like, <laughs> oh my god, yes! Just draw a face on the helmet. <laughs> just imagine like with like two eyes and like, yeah, a, like line a really and shitty, yes. a really shitty face. Yeah. Our first game, starring two of our finalists, is Sparkle Kitty Nights, featuring Hard Night and Night Rider. Yeah. 
So Sparkle Kitty Nights is, I don't know, I wouldn't consider it an expansion, but it's a follow-up game to Sparkle Kitty. It's considered a social game for those with dirty minds, but it is a game that doesn't actually have, we've talked about it a little bit before, but it doesn't actually have like swear words or actually dirty words. It has totally clean, normal words. They're just dirty to us. Because we have dirty minds. Once you combine them, they sound very dirty. There's nothing dirty about the word taco. But when you say sweaty meat taco, then your mind goes to places. Or daddy. I mean. No. Daddy. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with the word daddy. (laughs) Daddy in and of itself is not a great word. (laughs) But um, what about when you combine it with moist? Moist Moist daddy? So the, the point of this game... Are you just going to ignore me? I'm going to ignore Moist Daddy for sure. So how this game is played is you get a deck of cards. You get a hand of cards and everyone has their own hand of cards and you have the starting keyhole. So in the center of the, the table you have, it says key and hole and it has mm-hmm. symbols. And on your turn, it's kind of like Uno. You're going to either play a card that matches the color or the symbol. Every card in your hand is a color and symbol on it. Um, There are special cards, but for the most part, just color symbol and you'll play something that matches it and then you'll read it. So the first thing, the first spell says keyhole, then you might play something that says daddy hole, daddy hole, (laughs) for example, or you can read it the other way and read hole daddy. (laughs) Yes. And then the next person goes, Um, there's also, they have a thing you can do doubles. So if Sarah had played daddy hole. Well, if I also had the word, the card daddy, then I could do double daddy hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let's see, Kate also had the card daddy. She could do double, double daddy hole. Gross. That daddy's got too many holes. <laughs> too many holes in that daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and the, you have in front of you a tower that you made up with the cards to, and you're trying to get rid of the cards in front of you to get to your tower. And your tower is your, well, in this version, your knight. In the original game, it's your princess. In this one, everyone has a knight that they're trying to rescue. And you're trying to free your knight so that you win. Um, the difference also with Sparkle Kitty Knights is that you're on teams. So your knight is either naughty or nice. So there's a little bit of a social deduction part to this where you're trying to figure out who else is on your team. Because there's ways for you to play cards onto other people's towers or remove cards from other people's towers. Because in the end, everyone on your team, you want everyone on your team to have their knights revealed and all the cards off of their towers. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to figure out who else is, if you're on the nice team, who else on the nice team, but like trying to do it, you know, secretly because you don't want a naughty person to figure out you're on the nice team because then they'll add more cards to your tower, for example. Um, and there's cards, they're called mirror cards that will let you look. They're shiny, holographic. They're actually cool because they are like reflective. Though you can play on your tower so you can look at someone else's tower and see what their prince is. And you can look at them and go, mirror, mirror on the card. Am I the fairest model in the yard? <laughs> I, don't I can't rhyme, but you get the picture. That is, you're not required to do that, but I guess you can do that if you wanted to. <laughs> And there's also other, like, fun cards, like, different rainbow cards that let you take off or put on more cards. And then there's black magic cards that will let you, you add them in front of your tower, and now you permanently have to say that in front of other spell card in front of your spell. So these are fun, because these ones, like, are usually, like, words like sticky, or one of them is effin, with, like, little asterisks and stuff to mark it up, and then, like, 
I don't know, Sticky's the one I could think of. That's one of my favorites, because then mm. you have Sticky Daddy Hole, for example. Gross. <laughs> it's gross. I mean, it's not that much worse than, than an F and Daddy, daddy hole. hole. Yeah. So it's just a lot of fun to say all of these different spells that you cast out. Yeah. Um, the game itself is four to eight players. It says it's 20 to 30 minutes, which is accurate. Sometimes it takes surprisingly less time. Sometimes it takes, like, the whole 30 minutes if, like... People are really messing things up. Um, there's also, if you have an odd amount of players, you'll play with a dragon. The dragon's job is to reveal, is to get a knight and to eat a knight. Like, they want to, like, reveal themselves as the dragon and then, like, eat a knight. And then they want to eat a knight, huh? Yes. <laughs> um, and there's an expansion that's Sparkle Kitty Knight's Safe Words, which the only word I can think of that adds is kumquat. And I don't know why, what? but I know that kumquat is one of the words I it just sticks out in my mind. Because it's not very safe sounding. <laughs> Maybe. But it adds for sure a vampire, and I can't remember what else, but it adds like... Werewolf? A I werewolf. think it's a yes. werewolf. Yeah. yeah. Yes. A werewolf and a vampire, which have different rules mm. to play with as well. I haven't actually played with the werewolf or the vampire yet, so I can't. I just assumed they were. They're just they're alternate cards rules for the, the dragon. dragon. Yeah, oh, okay. okay. They're just different rules for the for the odd number player. The art for this game is just it's so good. So I didn't say this games by it's published by Breaking Games. It was developed by Manny Vega, I think is his name. If I got that right, yes. And the art in this game is so cute. So the original Sparkle Kitty has adorable princesses, and in this one, like the knights are all just really well done. So as we have our top two contestants are Hard Knight and Knight Rider. But all the knights, that's why we had so many actually in our top 16. Because when we thought we were coming up with our list of like contestants, we're like, what about this knight and this knight and this knight? Because they're all good knights. They're all good knights. Like this game is full of beautifully drawn art. We could have done this entire series. It was mm-hmm. just knights. We could have. And then we would have been like at the end, like, yeah. No regrets about choosing just the, which Sparkle Kitty Knights. Yeah, Knight is although the best. I we should have put La Princesa from the prince from yeah. like the original Sparkle Kitty princesses in here. She's hot. Yeah. Of uh, so like hard. Which I was gonna ask you guys. So we have Knight Rider, who clearly is some sort of she's got like she's a motorcycle. To be like, she's like Kit from Knight Rider, the show. Oh. She's got like the color theme. And she looks, she's got, like, the same color theme as, like, the, the car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's got, like, a motorcycle-type helmet or some sort of, like... Yeah. She's got, like, a racing helmet. Racing helmet. Yeah. And she's got that spiky 80s mm-hmm. kind of look. Which is very cool. Hard Knight. I don't know what... I don't know if it's a night. reference to anything, honestly. Yeah. Because, I mean, in the, also in the game, we have... And well, I mean, I guess just because Hard Knight is a phrase. But she also, she looks like she's kind of, like, hard rock, maybe. Is she? Yeah, maybe. She's got the same color scheme as the, um, well, she's got the, like, like punk rock. Cool, like, girl makeup from, on. And, yeah. Okay, I could see that. So, there are more obvious, like, Ladies' Night, obviously, is the sexy male knight. And then, like, Nightmare is very gothic looking. Game Night is wearing, like, roller Lord derby stuff, which is adorable. <laughs> yeah, Game Night is just Sarah's night. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like me. <laughs> Looks like a much better version of me. <laughs> Because I play roller derby, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> For context. <laughs> For context. I play roller derby. That's why I say this. <laughs> um, so that's Sparkle Kitty Nights. It's very easy to learn, easy to play, but a lot of fun. 
we've played this game approximately so 300 times. times because it just has a high replayability and is so much fun. Yeah, so that's Sparkle Kitty Nights. Um, my favorite part about it is honestly the art and choosing my favorite princess or knight to save in this case. Though, honestly, I just choose Ladies' Night again and again because <laughs> Ladies' Night is my favorite night. If you're doing it right and playing Secret Identity teams, you can't just choose. That's true. Unless you're but cheating. We always, we always choose where everybody at least gets oh, to choose yeah, one of choose, the pictures to play. Yeah, and then you mix them up and the hand team. them out. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. You're right. So when you play it for real, sometimes we play this where you don't do teams and we just play normal Sparkle Kitty rules and we just save who we want to. Or we do the teams, but everyone gets to like pick which night to put into that gets mixed in. Which, either way, I'll always choose Ladies' Night, and then I might end up with a different night. But I love Ladies' Night. I'm sad that he got eliminated, but I understand why. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, it was fair, I think. Yes, it was fair. He needs fair. to be more versatile and learn how to model without his props. It's true. <laughs> uh, Sarah, what's your favorite part of Sparkle Kitty Nights? It's also probably the art. I really love these beautiful ladies. <laughs> but I also like making the words. It's really fun. It's really fun. It's you make a lot of stupid, weird words, like kumquat donkey. <laughs> and like, that doesn't mean anything, but it sounds fun. Kate, what's your favorite part? The hysterical laughter when like an unexpected word pairing gets thrown down, thrown down on the table and I just lose it. Because <laughs> I feel like every word is just worse than the one that came before it. I love actually playing this with our friend Patty and sometimes he picks up a card and you see him look at his hand and he's like, oh, god damn it. And I'm like, what's wrong, Patty? He's like, these words shouldn't exist next to each other. <laughs> he sometimes will just be like, I am not playing that word because it's too gross sounding. And I'm like, that's the point of the game. Yes. <laughs> the grosser it is, the better. Yeah. Which again, it's not like, technically it's not a dirty word. It's not dirty. Furry isn't a dirty word. No. Technically. But when you put it with other things, it doesn't sound And actually, good. just on its own. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the word furry. Yeah. Not to alienate anyone. <laughs> just. Not to alienate everyone whose favorite word is furry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so our next game is Dice Throne. The Barbarian is our contestant from Dice Throne. <laughs> Dice Throne is a game for two to six players, and it takes about 30 minutes. It's actually kind of interesting because you can either buy this game as the whole season. It has two seasons right now, season one and season two. And the season comes with six playable characters, or you can buy the game as like a, a pack for two players, and you'll get two characters, and they go like head to head. So I have like one of the versions where it's just a two player game and I have the, I have season two, which is the huntress and the tactician are my two characters, which is like a badass jungle lady with a tiger and like maybe a Russian general or something like that. If you get the whole first season, you get six characters and you've got the barbarian, the moon elf, pyromancer, shadow thief, Paladin and Monk. And then the second season, I think the characters get a little bit more obscure. You have like um, a cursed pirate and a vampire lord. Someone who's, I forget what her name is, but she's like an archangel kind of thing. And the artificer who is like a, 
a cool steampunky looking inventor guy. So you basically like have all these different cool characters to pick from. And if you get enough of the the characters, you can play like thousand player. Yeah, it says I mean it says up to six. Like technically there's I think there's twelve playable characters. No, actually there's more. There's because there's a couple of like extra ones I think that went through the Kickstarter. So I think there is actually 14 characters right now that you can play, but it it says up to six players, and the rulebook specifically says that five or six players is very difficult and takes a long time, and it doesn't yeah, recommend I would be very it. Very afraid. Yeah, and it's still, still, you just still tell like turns. Yeah, so and it's like the, you can either so play long. it as like it says like King of the Hill version or like Round Robin. I forget it has a special name version. So like you can decide. I think like who you're targeting based on where you're sitting, or you can sort of like get to choose who you target each time and not always have it be the same person. So I think it can be kind of complicated the more you add. I've only played it with two people, um, in which case you're just going head to head and it's a little bit simpler. I've played it multiplayer before and it's still fun, but a lot like other games where it can be two player or can be multiplayer, it adds a lot more decisions because you're trying to like strategically fuck with people versus... You know, like, do I want to attack you and kill you, or do I want to attack you and maybe you can be my friend? Oh, you're like, like that person is getting like close to yeah. winning, so you have yeah. to like really fuck with them. So the way this game is played, it's essentially you've got special dice for each character that have special symbols on them, depending on who, you, which character you are. So like the gunslinger has like bullets and targets, but the barbarian has like swords and classic like hearts they all all the dice are different so you essentially you get to like roll dice and depending on what faces show for your dice you can do different power move combinations or like you can buy upgrades to your abilities and you have um like certain offensive abilities and defensive abilities and like something that can help you heal and a couple different, like, crazy power moves that you get if you roll, like, a perfect perfect matching dice for everything. Um, and you start with 50 health points and you're just going back and forth and trying to kill each other, essentially. But each each character plays different. Wow, Arizona. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whoopsie. Yeah. Each character plays different um, and they're all pretty cool, so... I definitely think that they're worth, like, checking out a few different groupings of characters. And supposedly some play better against others. They do have, like, difficulty stats um, of, like, how difficult each character is to play. So you can try to, like, face them off against each other that way. Or you can just pick your favorite. The Barbarian, to give him a little backstory, his little blurb is, The Barbarian doesn't believe in finesse. He believes in head bashing. <laughs> lots and lots of concussion inducing head bashing. Head Combining- bashing and head shots. Whoa. <laughs> wow, Kate. Whoa. <laughs> That's a special model ability. <laughs> Combined with his mighty fortitude, the barbarian is one stunning fo- foe to behold. Wow, it's like they knew he was going to be a model. (laughs) He is stunning stunning to behold. What's funny is that they recently, they recently, I think like last year, they redid the art and released a new version of this game. And actually, we were using the old art for our competition. So the barbarian looks different now. The new art is 
not I don't attractive. think he's quite as hot. I think that if you could see a full body picture of him, maybe he would be, like, very muscular and built and nice looking. But his face is a little bit, like, Oh, he's classic. definitely not as modely. Yeah, he looks, yeah, he he looks, looks like his crazy. nose has been broken a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking more he looks crazy. He's got yeah. some crazy well, eyes going on. Yeah, but he's the barbarian. He's He wants to bash heads. He doesn't have time. But look, he found his light. <laughs> he did find his light. <laughs> and his little, like, they all have tokens, too, that go with them that, like, you place on other people when you injure them and stuff or have, like, a lasting effect. One of his is, like, a little head that has a lightning bolt on it because you had bashed them <laughs> too good, which I think is cute. Yeah. What else would I need to say about this game? <laughs> No, it's got dice. I don't know what else you need to do. It's got cool dice. It's 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 fun. It's got a lot of characters. It's like wacky magic fantasy Yahtzee. Yeah. I like it. I like it quite a bit. It's pretty fun. Like, the thrill. I I like rolling dice sometimes (laughs) because... I like that luck element, and uh, I love rolling dice all the time because yeah. I'm bad at strategy. So that's like my chance to like win games. Yeah, <laughs> like ah, I rolled a dice better than you. Yeah, <laughs> so I think it's fun. One fun thing is the back of the like, rule book. It has like achievements that you can get for each character. So like you can, I don't know. One of the barbarians' things is stun an opponent two times in one turn, or deal more damage to yourself than your opponent with reckless, which <laughs> is one of your moves. <laughs> um, which I just think is it's fun and cute. So yeah, I guess does anyone have a favorite part of this game? Rolling dice. Kate loves rolling dice. I haven't played this yet before, but I feel like my favorite part would probably be rolling the dice, honestly. Just because yeah. like you said, I like the <clears throat> luck element and I like to push my luck. So mm-hmm. like I like the idea like of trying really hard and be like, maybe this time I'll get it and then failing. Yeah. I like the aspect that you can choose a different character each time and it, that they're actually quite different in terms of like what they do and how they play. Um, maybe similar to like when we play Villainous, oh, yeah. which yes. has like a lot of changes with each character that you mm-hmm. play. Um, I do think that the season two characters for this game are a little bit more fun and interesting. Then season one, like season one has like classic sort of D&D for a lot of their things, like barbarian and paladin and monk. But season two has like the really cool ones, like the vampire and the, there's like the huntress, which I have, who's very cool and has a tiger. And you know my feelings mm-hmm. on characters that have tigers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll talk about that more later. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to Scythe. Um, oh, and Seraph is what this arc archangel character's name is so like they all are very cool and the art is very pretty for all of them too i do like the art it's fun Mm -hmm. and it's extra fun to like pick your character since they all look cool yeah so that's it that's dice throne all right i guess that means it's time to move on to scythe Mm -hmm. a big boy game big 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 boy game Big boy game. Um, Scythe is made by Stonemeyer Games, designed by Jamie Stegmeyer. Even though Viticulture and Euphoria came first, I think this is really the game that kind of, at least for me, made like Stonemeyer Games and Jamie Stegmeyer himself kind of like household names. Yeah, I actually hadn't heard of Euphoria or Viticulture until after Scythe came out. And then after it came out, I played both of those other games. So this, like, really cemented, I think, Stonemaier's place in gaming, Mm because, I mean, all of their games is great, but this one just got so popular. 
um, because it's so unique and fun. Um, Its whole jam is that it is set in like an alternate history 1920s, so it's in Eastern Europe, kind of right after the Great War. So people aren't really at war anymore per se, but tensions are high and all the different countries or factions are all kind of trying to better themselves um, over the other people. Arizona's making um, a face like she didn't know this information. I didn't. I didn't know the story of Scythe at all. So I find this very interesting. This is brand new information. <laughs> I learned it today since we assigned me to this. <laughs> I mean, I knew, I guess I knew it was like an alternate history because like the countries are all like a little different. I think but. I assumed it was World War II and not World War One. but. Um, so yeah, there is the factory in the middle, which is the place that provided all the mechs for their wacky war and so the plot i guess of this game is that the factory shut down and all the countries are like hmm what's going on over there i wonder if i could work this to my advantage somehow let's go on an adventure and find out so yeah that's the setting for scythe there are Five different factions you can choose from, or seven if you have the expansion. Everyone gets an animal companion, which is obviously, like, the greatest part. I think that's the part where it's, like, that's why I choose what I choose, is what animal they have. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, all the animals are obviously the best. So let's give them all a (laughs) shout-out. So, I mean, because I guess they all are these different, like, made-up countries that are like similar to real countries but not quite so there's the republic of polonia uh, which has anna and wotek which is a good bear and then the saxony empire has gunter von duisburg with noct and tog he has two buddy wolves that's right i remember that the crimean khanate has zera and Kar, who is an eagle the nordic kingdom has bjorn and mox who is a musk ox i think he's really cute that's my favorite one that's the one i like to play the most because i think that musk ox is so adorable yeah and then there's the rusviet union which has olga our top model competitor with changa her pet tiger yeah um clan albion has connor and max who is a wild boar this is one of the ones from the expansion but i love it because this boar is so cute i've never played the expansion i don't even know if i've seen the characters for the expansion and then the last one also from the expansion is the togawa shogunate which is you know alternate japan Mm -hmm. and it has a kiko and jiro who is a cute monkey who sits on like this staff that she carries around and they're great and also if you didn't notice that means that there are four girl characters and three boy characters oh i we forgot to talk about that for the other (laughs) dice also has a lot of good girl characters sorry (laughs) all the knights are almost all the knights are girls wow so whoops but that's cool. I didn't know that about Scythe either. Yeah. So, yeah, I was excited to find that out, that there are some good ladies. Who knows if the animal companions are girls or boys, though. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if their backstories stay. Who knows? But speaking of which, should we talk Should we talk about the backstory? Yeah. Tell us about Olga. Olga Romanova comes from an old aristocratic family that lost their money and position a long time ago. She was raised on humble means in harsh climates, surrounded by simple people and nature. From childhood, Olga was taught to have great respect for the Siberian tigers that prowled the Rusviet tundra. At 15, Olga was already turning into a beautiful woman of strong ambition and intelligence. She caught the eye of Victor, the young commander of a squadron of mechs traveling through her village on the way to war, and they began to correspond by letter. 
<laughs> Victor surprised her by showing up on Olga's 16th birthday to present her with a Siberian tiger cub named Changa that he had Whoa, on patrol. Marry that dude. <laughs> if someone gave me a, a tiger cub, I'd do anything they wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads to the three of them spent the next week together and they talked of marrying. Oh yeah, they <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Great War began, and Victor was called away to service. They continued to write, but one day Olga received word that Victor had gone missing in enemy territory. Oh, no. She vowed to find him, so she joined the Rusyat Military Intelligence Service with Changa at her side. With her intelligence and ambition, she quickly climbed the ranks, and she finally got the chance to search the western lands for her beloved Victor with the full strength of the military at her back. Did she save him? <laughs> We don't know. Oh, Kate! <laughs> I think that's, like, why she's in the game doing her adventure. She's like, is Victor over here? Is Victor over there? But did they get to be together? It's so romantic. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> know. know. <laughs> I didn't know that Scythe had this level of backstory to it. Yeah, and on the Stonemeyer website, there are, like, this level of backstory for all of the seven characters that you can be. Wow. So it's a thrill. Her name is Olga Romanova, and yes. she came from a powerful family that had been thrown over it. Yeah. She's supposed to be like she's a law Anastasia. Boss. She's like Anastasia. She's Anastasia. <laughs> it's me, Grandmama Anastasia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as far as the actual gameplay of Scythe, there is no way I can possibly successfully describe this on a podcast. So y'all have to go play it. But it is like a, it's an asymmetric feel. Each character starts in a different place with different stuff and slightly different abilities. Um, there are kind of area control elements. You fight. There's some kind of engine building as you upgrade your abilities. And I think the most exciting part is the there's a kind of a storytelling element because one of the actions you can take um, is to have these encounters or adventures, or story time. Those are my favorite, and I love them. It's a it's good like, part of the game. <sighs> so each of these, you get to draw a different card, and each card has a picture to kind of set the scene, and then it has three options with different pros and cons that you get to select. So I grabbed one as an example. So there is a picture of this mech, and there's a guy sitting on top of it, like it's parked, and his friends are sitting next to the mech, all just like hanging out on a pile of logs, and they have turned on the mech's flamethrower feature, obviously, to do like a weenie roast. Amazing. Inspirational. <laughs> yes. And then these are the different paths that you can take in this encounter. Mm -hmm. You could tell the group of soldiers a funny story while they eat. To gain $2 and a popularity. Or you could pay for the secrets secrets to their wondrous new technology, which I assume is like flamethrower weenie cook technology. <laughs> yeah. Um, pay $3 to gain one upgrade. Or you could steal their fuel and one roasted kielbasa. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're just taking one. Like you clearly kick all the oil cans like into your car and then are just like, oh, and also this. <laughs> um, but then you have to pay two popularity to gain three oil and a food. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you might need the oil or the food to take different actions, but ultimately at the end, um, if you're more popular, that's kind of a multiplier for your score because it is, in general, pretty good for you to be well-liked and respected. It's a real hard choice for me sometimes with these because like, I don't like to take the one that like will lose you popularity if there is one, but like sometimes it's such a good option. <laughs> 
sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're devastating. Yeah, some of them are really sad. Some there's are- one, that, yeah, there's one where you find some kids playing in a treehouse. That's exactly what I was thinking of. And you burn the treehouse down, don't you? Cut down the tree to signal an end to the age of innocence. Wow, that is dark. <laughs> I think you gain, like, wood or something. Like, Yeah, you pay two popularity and gain four wood. Yeah. So you just chop down their tree and load up their treehouse scraps in your car. You cart. also ruin some children's lives. Yeah. Like, the end of innocence or whatever. That's the card I was thinking of when you are talking about these cards. That was the first card that came to my mind. I was like, wait, I remember this. I remember that one card card in particular in particular because it's just the bad thing is so extreme like yeah obviously you're just like on your way to town and they're crying because what you did to your tree house and you're like grow up kids it's wartime yeah <laughs> jesus <laughs> it makes me think of like video games that like star wars and Civil republic where you have the clearly the light side option like the neutral option and the dark side option where it's like give the yeah. give the it's homeless so person like 10 do- 10 credits mm-hmm. you know and you know the soup like the shirt off your back like you know tell the person that you have nothing rob the homeless person and use force lightning on them <laughs> and it's like wow like i don't want to give them you know the shirt off my back but like robbing them and then like force lightning them seems yeah. like an extreme option yeah it's just like can't i just be kind of a jerk instead of like full evil yes <laughs> that's why i like those cards because i yeah, love they're outrageous the and i love them i will usually go out of my way to try to have these adventures which you know sometimes can get you the really good stuff that will help you win but i just want to see the cards and and read the adventure same encounter yeah same it's it's the best part so yeah the game is just kind of walking around the board trying to get different stuff you get workers and mechs that you get to kind of spread around so that's exciting um all the mechs do different things all of the mechs look different for each like clan so that's really exciting um and then this game does have a few expansions um there is invaders from afar which i mentioned it just adds the two new factions so it's just more different people you can be and there's the wind gambit which adds airships Ooh. Yeah. I mean, in my experience with the Wind Gambit, the airships don't actually add that much to the game, other than just, like, the airships look cool as fuck. Yeah. And they're on those, like, plastic, like, risers, so they are, like, up above the board, kind of. Do they look different for each different clan, too? No, unfortunately, they Mm. don't. I mean, they're different colors, and they are just cool looking. I think it's just, like, randomly assigned that each the airships all have two different abilities each game. Um, And sometimes the abilities are just, like, so specific that there's a decent chance that you're just going to, like, never even fuck with it. And you're just going to have your airship kind of parked on the side of the board the whole time. (laughs) Which, like, you know, whatever. It looks cool. Um, And then the expansion that I haven't played but sounds exciting is called The Rise of Fenris. This is what turns it into a, like, eight-game campaign. So you can kind of play it like like a legacy thing. It has, like, the blind boxes that add new bits um, and it does have, like, eight, 11 different story modules that you could play either just instead of the campaign or after. But I think that's fun, especially for people who are playing Scythe, like, a lot. And it'd be really cool to add. Maybe you find out what happens to Olga and Victor. Oh, my God. Maybe you find Victor. <gasps> <laughs> okay. Now like we need to play. dead. <laughs> but we don't know. We don't know. At least she'll always have her tiger to remember him by. It's yes. true. <laughs> 
tiger is better than man anyway. <laughs> for most things. Um, yeah, and then the bits for this game are good because it's got the minis for the characters and the mechs. It's got cute little meeples for the workers. And those I like that ones they all are, have different yeah, hats. They're all different shapes. They all have different hats. It's very cute. Um, it also has really nice player boards because they all have like the recessed bits where the mm-hmm. different pieces can sit. And then because this is a Stonewire game, that ha- there are basically infinite upgrades you can get. Um, we have the metal coins. They actually come in seven different denominations, so each one kind of matches one of the factions, which I think is really cool. The Ru- there's like a Russian one that has like a star and like sort of like writing on it, and then like the. Norse one has like so runes fancy. and um, Mjolnir on them. Yeah, they're really pretty. And then you can get the more realistic resources. You can get like actual like 3D like wood and a bag of grain and an oil drum, which are neat. We have a broken token insert that makes all those things easily sorted. <laughs> and I saw on Meeple Source today, they have painted worker meeples for these. Oh, and they're cute as fuck because they all have their little are. hats printed on. Yeah. And, uh, and you can also get, like, 3D-printed buildings instead of just little wooden tokens. So you could spend infinitely more than the cost of this game just upgrading this game. <laughs> and I think people do, because it's just one of those games that some people, it's just so popular. Yeah. It's a good game. It's, it's a really good game. I played it recently to do, you know, like, my research, like a yeah. professional. And then I was like, hey, why haven't we played Scythe in a while? You need a lot of space on your table to play safe, though. You do need a lot of space on your table to play If you've got everyone playing, like, you can't can't fit it on a normal-sized table. Yeah, that's why we just did two-player sites. It was great. (laughs) It was also pretty quick. All right. And then, lastly but not leastly, we must quickly discuss My Little Scythe. Oh, oh yeah, that's cute. The I, I always forget about it because it seems like such a joke, like how we talk about a snack, a for, snack Odin. for Odin, <laughs> which is not a real game. If it was a real game, though, I would buy it so people would play it with me. Not everyone will play a feast for Odin. I'd probably with me. play a snack for Odin more often than a feast for Odin. Me too, especially since I can't win at it anymore. I mean, I never could, but I feel like it's gotten worse because my competition has gotten much better. But anyway, My Little Scythe. It actually started as just a fan-created print-and-play, and everyone liked it so much that Stonemeyer Games proper, like, paid notice and was like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll actually publish this. That's cute. <laughs> um, it's essentially just a lot of the mechanisms from Scythe, but, like, in a more family-friendly package. So it's a little bit more simple... Instead of getting a character with an animal companion, you just play as an animal in a cute little outfit. And then they're all embarking on adventure in the Kingdom of Palm, where they can increase their friendship and pies. (laughs) They can collect apples and gems and have pie fights. (laughs) That's very cute. (laughs) So it's basically the cutest thing that's ever existed at the end. I've only ever seen the box for this, but the box like cover art is so freaking adorable that I'm like, oh my god. With all the little animals. Uh it's just too cute. It is cute. It's it's way too cute, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's all I got for Scythe. Um what's y'all's favorite parts? I love the story cards to choose your own adventure, but honestly Olga's my favorite part, I think. I love playing as her with her tiger. Mm-hmm. It makes me happy. Other than her and the cards, I kinda also really like the little building tokens and making my buildings. I'm not actually good at this game. I'm pretty sure if I remember, I'm terrible because I'm not good at war and fighting. <laughs> and I'm just like, can I just build up my little city over here and no one come fight me? But apparently, you know, part of the game is fighting people. So, but I like to try to like build my little 
country on my own and hope that no one attacks me. I like it. I mean, the fighting is, I mean, it is a part of the game, but I feel like it becomes more necessary the more players you have playing because there's actually like competition for the territory. Yeah. So you can play at like two or even maybe three players and it's kind of peaceful. I should try that. I mean, fighting does get you like a like an achievement for victory, but there's you don't really need to like kick people out of your way as much. So, I mean, I'm sure you can play with some real assholes who want to fight no matter what. But I had a nice peaceful game the other day. I'm not <laughs> sure what it's like to play a two-player game without it being com- extra competitive. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, Sarah. It's <laughs> not my fault. It's not my fault. I really like, gameplay-wise for this, I really like that there are so many ways to play it and you don't have to necessarily, like, play it as an area control game or as, like, a battle-winning game. You can play it as, like, an engine builder or, like, a resource kind of based game. And, like, it's interesting to try to balance all the different ways that you can play to, like, what works best. Yeah, and you can do, like, a different way each time. Yeah, I like that. Um, Different ways of losing. But my other favorite part is the mechs. And some of the card art for the encounters has, like, the mechs being, like, really cute. (laughs) Like you said, like, there's the one where they're, like, sitting on it having a weenie roast. Yeah, there's weenie roast going. I think there's one where, like, your mech is trying to, like, carry a cow or something. (laughs) Um, And it reminds me of Century Spice Golem, which we've talked about. It's not Century Spice, is it? It's just Century Golem. Century Golem. Where, like, your little golems are, like, just doing helpful things for people. Mm -hmm. And that makes me, the mechs remind me of the golems, that they're just, like, being helpful. Well, when I was looking through the cards, there was one mech that was, like, questionable goodness because one of the options is like you see some cows walking around past the mechs and like one of the things you could do was like push the cow under the mech and see what happens what the fuck <laughs> so stop I the mean, cow the cow is gonna like explode because that's a like a multi-ton friggin mech well unless maybe the mech just looks down and is like oh no I almost stepped on you Aww. come here cutie that's what I like to assume would happen. Maybe the mech would open a door on the underside of it and suck it up into it like a like oh, a can abduct it like a UFO. <laughs> yeah. It has a laser beam. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite part, Kate? My favorite part is probably the animal companions. They're very Because I really cute. like picking my character based on the animal. Because depending yeah. on my mood, I like some of the different animals. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I've been Olga and the tiger, like, a lot but I really like the bear and the wild boar and the muskox. They're all so cute. Although that does make me be boy characters, even though there's some really good girl characters. Just <laughs> they're teaming up with such cute animals. But I like them. Especially since Patty painted all his minis, so they all look extra cute. Patty's so great. He paints his minis. It doesn't just let them sit around unpainted. <laughs> but the animal minis are all cute. They all have like little bags and like backpacks. And they stuff. are cute. They're darling. <laughs> So before we get on to declaring a winner of Board Gaming's Next Top Model, yeah. should we briefly visit the big board of board games? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So for any first-time listeners, BoardGameGeek.com has a feature where you can vote on how, basically how difficult a game is. So from one to five, and then they'll post the average, which is, you know, kind of a numerical way to estimate how complicated a game is. And we've just been keeping track of all the games we've talked about. Sparkles Kitty's already on there. Because we've already talked about it, but I don't I actually remember didn't add what it because I, I didn't add any of the New Year's games. Oh, really? Okay, because yeah. we talked about so many. <laughs> okay, so it's not on there. Yeah, and we can guess. I 
think Sparkle Kitty is relatively low. But definitely above, like, Tempura, which is our, well, yeah, our second to lowest. Tempura and what's our lowest lowest? Our lowest lowest is Space Team, that's but right. it's very, very close to Bling Bling Gemstone. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah, Bling Bling Gemstone. So I'm going to list it above... Above those and above Tempura, but below everything else. It's definitely below all of our tree games. I think it's probably somewhere in the cat game range. What was some of our... We had Here Kitty Kitty. Here Kitty Kitty was a 1.2. Cat Lady was a 1.4, basically. Let's put it, like, near Cat Lady, like a 1.5. So you guys know how sometimes our friends on Board Game Geek disagree with us a bit? Yeah. Uh-huh. Sparkle Kitty Nights is on there as a 1.0. <gasps> Wait, that's below Candyland. Yup. That's, that's below Candyland. Candyland? <laughs> what? <laughs> but, but, wait, Sparkle Kitty Nights or Sparkle Kitty? Both. But... But, I mean, I agree that it's an easy game, but it is not easier than friggin' Candyland, which you don't even get to make real <laughs> like, choices in. But, like, also, there's, like, at least the element of, like, the hidden identities, so at least you have to pay attention to something yeah. more than Space Team, where you're literally just shouting at your friends. Yeah. Like, yep. This was the first one where I got kind of mad at it, so I saw that it was at one point, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna vote. I'm gonna vote it a two to try to bring it up a little bit, and apparently it doesn't really take effect instantly if I just vote on it, so it's still at a solid one point. They think it's easier than Bling Bling Gemstone, too, like, which is just a game that I could play with an infant. (laughs) That's ridiculous, and I don't agree. Just just gonna throw that out there. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that ranking. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Sorry, I got so enraged I threw something. No, I didn't. I just dropped something. All right. Well, that's upsetting. Yeah. But how about Dice Throne? I don't know anything anymore. What do games even mean? (laughs) I think Dice Throne is probably below Parks. It's not a 2.0, right? It's lower than that. Or is it exactly a 2.0? Oh, is it exactly a 2.0? It is. Wow! I was so good. <laughs> well, in the, except that you said that it was not a 2.0. Well, but I was just going to put it, like, just under a 2.0. Okay, okay well, I'll put it I'll put it just under in the tie list. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is technically tied with Parks, which was also an even 2.0. Okay, we'll put it down, put it underneath Parks. <laughs> so, Scythe, I'm going to... Scythe is a big boy. Game. So, we have a Feast for Odin at 3.82. I'm going to put Scythe right around there at a 3.75. 3.82. I think it's going to be above Fury of Dracula for sure. Yeah. I just think it's going to be between Feast for Odin and Fury of Dracula. You're right. 3.38. Okay. Less than I thought, but still above. Still our second beefiest game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a big boy game. Big boy game. (laughs) All right. So you know what time it is. Yes. It is time to declare a winner in Board Gaming's next top model. Should we attempt to do the theme song again? Should we should we hum a little bit of our theme? We want to be on top. That was beautifully unsaved. All the ladies. All the ladies. Boys in the house. Right, so over these past two episodes, we've explored these wonderful characters. Reminder that our finalists are Olga from Scythe, Knight Rider, and Hard Knight, both from Sparkle Kitty Knights, and The Barbarian, our single male contestant after our Harsh Cats, from Dice Throne. 
four beautiful models stand before me. <laughs> Only one has what it takes to be the winner of Board Gaming's next top model. Oh my god, it's so thrilling. So exciting. <laughs> Barbarian. I'm sorry, but you do not have what it takes. Oh, it's only fair. <laughs> Modeling should never be about the men. <laughs> Night Rider, you have a unique look. You're super hot, but unfortunately, no! you do not have what it takes to be board You're... gaming's next top model. Oh, no, she's first in my heart. <laughs> Hard Night, you've done great. You're a very versatile model. You almost had it all. But you do not have what it takes oh! to be Board Gaming's next top model. Which means our winner is Olga! Olga, oh! yay! Fireworks, fireworks. It's because of the tiger. <laughs> tiger. Yeah, it's a tiger. I mean, if we had known also her tragic backstory ahead of time, I think that yeah, that probably would have gotten her votes. You know Tyra would have made her tell her about her tragic backstory yeah. and, like, cried and Tyra would have pretended to be sympathetic while mm-hmm. really feeling nothing. Yeah. <laughs> But would she get a little annoying about that whole, like, my boyfriend is missing? Oh, she <laughs> probably would get very annoying. Is. Very annoying. <laughs> Tyra would have an inspiring story about how one day, yeah. one time, she had a boyfriend and she couldn't be with him because of <laughs> modeling. But she made it through and became the amazing top model and businesswoman that you see before you today. <laughs> and Harvard graduate. And Harvard graduate. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it. We have a winner. Yay. How do you feel? I'm sad that my favorite didn't make it, but she she put up a good fight. Knight Rider really she went she went the distance. I vote for Hard Knight to win overall, but Olga was my second choice and I love Olga. Olga can't talk. Yeah. So, not going to be sad that she won. Yeah. She's got it all. H to T. H to T. All right, any other closing statements? I really want to play Scythe now. I want to watch America's Next Top Model. <laughs> I want to do both Let's at once. Do- oh my god. Great idea. I don't think that would work super great. But <laughs> No, it's fine. I'll just put on one of the cycles that I've already seen like a thousand times so that all I won't of be them? as distracted. Which is all of the cycles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of them I've probably only watched like twice. <laughs> wow, Kate. <laughs> what are you even doing with your life? <laughs> okay, okay. I'll leave and go watch them right now. Good. <laughs> And before we do that, I just would like to remind everyone that you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Not Playing to Win. Twitter actually has one or two items on it now because of Arizona. Maybe one day we'll be a real boy in social media terms. Um, you can email us any comments at notplayingtowin at gmail.com. Check out our blog for fun pictures and related materials. That is notplayingtowin.wordpress.com. Our subreddit still exists, or not playing to win. Uh, go blow that up, because I'm too busy to. It'll be cool, though. Anything else, guys? Nope. That's all. Go watch the America's Next Top Model and play some board games. Mm-hmm. Go do it. Yay. Bye. Bye. Not playing to win.